Welcome to Word Today. I'm your host, Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is my amazing co-host. Porsche Franklin. Uh-oh. Porsche Franklin? <gasps> Porsche Griffin! So our, first, <laughs> so our first episode as a married couple. Oh, you got to change my name on there. Come on, I, I somebody. Do. Okay, I do. Okay. I have to change her name in the Porsche credit. Porsche Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here with one of my dearest friends in the ministry. When you're in ministry, you you know a lot of churches, you know a lot of pastors, and you're very cordial with everyone, but you don't call everyone friend. We text each other, we encourage each other, we genuinely love each other. I've seen this man of God in the church, outside of the church, and I can say unequivocally that he is who he is through and through and through, whether he's in a suit, or a white t-shirt and blue jeans. Come he on. loves God and he's going to preach the gospel. Please help me welcome and thank my dear Amen. friend, Pastor Brian Ayala. Thank God you bless so you, much. Sir. Thank you for having me. Amen. So, so bless you. Tell, tell all of the Word Today viewers who may not know who you are, mm -hmm. just uh, a five minute background of who you are in the church. Okay. Well, um, just honored I'm the pastor of Extreme Harvest Church here in San Antonio and I wasn't always the pastor as many of us have a past we have a history but um, thank God for his redemption and the grace that he gives all of us who call on his name but uh, we've been pastoring here in the city now about 14 years in San Antonio we have various outreaches throughout the city and um, our, our main mission and goal um, beyond anything else is number one soul saved Number two, lives changed. And uh, that's what we're about at Extreme Harvest. Um, we like to connect with other ministries in the city. We believe that unity in the kingdom is what helps advance the kingdom. Whether, you know, So um, we're just glad to be here today, and I'm glad that you're joining us today. Okay, so normally we just start diving into random topics, mm -hmm. but and, and then at the end, you get to kind of, you know, do a altar call for the church and for people that may want to mm -hmm. stop by and visit. But your church is so unique, and I've, I love it. I have an affinity for Extreme Harvest just because I feel like Extreme Harvest mirrors my own heart. Um, we go down and we do a lot of volunteering at like different charitable organizations. Not mm -hmm. saying that to, to toot my horn or our horn or anything like that, but just saying we have a heart for evangelism. That's Amen. kind of where our heart is. And before we even got married, we said, our marriage is going to be one of purpose. We have a, a slogan on. for our marriage that says, we mean purpose. Come on. Amen. And so our heart is just reaching souls. And Extreme Harvest mirrors that better than I think any church that, that I've ever seen. Thank you, sir. When it comes to just on the street, true rubber meets the road evangelism. So so before we even really dive into questions, mm -hmm. and we're going to get into some a lot of good stuff here. Uh, we're going to talk about homosexuality, homosexual churches, a lot of different yep. movements that we're seeing out there today, uh, where God stands in, in politics. So we're mm. going to get into some really, really good stuff. Um, so so hang on with this. I know this is a little bit different, but I want to just talk for a second about, um, for one, your passion for outreach and evangelism. Um, what gave you that passion okay. and why do you go about it the way you do? Well, you got about three hours. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just just joking. Um, well, it was evangelism that brought me to Jesus. Um, my testimony in a nutshell, I, I have to take you through that to understand why 
I believe that the, the passion that God has given me to go out in the streets and preach, not just within the walls, mm -hmm. but majority, mostly outside of the walls, was um, I was actually selling drugs at the age of 13. And um, wow. I, I told people I drove better cars than my parents drove when I was 14 and 15. Mm -hmm. But we all know that life doesn't last. There's always an end point. And the end point, it's either six feet deep or behind walls somewhere doing time. And I remember the drugs I was selling years later, I became addicted to, to the point where you couldn't let me around anything. If I was coming to your house, put everything up, you know, he, he just, I have, I have what they call sticky fingers, right? <laughs> and, um, and that, of course, that's what happens. You know, it was no longer, you know, Brian uh, or in the streets, they would call me Casey. That was the name. And. It was no more um, big time this and big time that. It was there, there goes Dope Fiend Casey, you know. And a gentleman, I was 17 years old on the corner of Henderson Street, downtown Fort Worth. And a gentleman is driving by. I'm panhandling. I remember I needed like $3 to get my next fix, right? I said, I need to get money from one more person. Well, I, this gentleman passes me, looks at me, and turns around. And I'm going to be real with you. He did an illegal U-turn <laughs> in the middle of a busy intersection and parks right in front of me. And he says, can I help you? I said, yeah, I need um, $2 to catch the bus. You know, I've, I had every story. I think I made up all the stories that you can actually use. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me. He goes, I ain't got $2 for you, but I got Jesus for you. And immediately I was like shut down on that. I don't know. I ain't got no time for no religion. And not, none of this, uh, if you ain't going to help me with money, brother, just keep moving. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, look, I'm going to give you this number and I want you to have it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want nothing. He kept talking and of course people were honking. So I said, look, just give me the number. And I put it up. I mean, in other words, if it was going to make him go away, yeah. I'll take the number. And I did. And I stuck the number in my back pocket. Make a long story short, about an hour later, it rained harder than I think it had ever rained in my life that day. I was stuck out in the rain, stuck out cold, got chased by a rival gang, eight people trying to kill me now. Not trying to beat me up, trying to kill me. Oh, wow. Called the number. The gentleman at 3 o'clock in the morning, it was a series of events that happened that same day, came to pick me up. Long story short, took me to his house, took me in there, said, are you ready to meet Jesus? I said, sure, where's he at? And looked around, seeing he was gonna <laughs> pop out somewhere. And you know, they looked at me and they and I could feel something that right at that moment into the room. Never felt that in my entire life. Never. And um I remember they said, just lift your hands. I was like, okay. I lifted my when I began to lift my hands, I felt tingling all over my body. And he said, just ask Jesus. He goes, You're chosen. That's what he said, you're a chosen vessel of his. Just ask Jesus come to come into somebody. your heart. And, and I said, Jesus, and I've never in my life ever knew who Jesus was. I mean, I thought he was some guy on a cross, you know, mm -hmm. that just crucified. And at that moment, I just said his name. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the entire definition of love yeah. just ushered in. Wow. And I felt like wow. demons and just sin. Whatever was in me was being extracted. I literally felt negative things leave and like this liquid love just poured in. Within 15 seconds, my entire life had been radically changed. Wow. I opened my eyes and I looked and I looked around and I'm like, man, the picture has purpose. The cup has a meaning. Like everything mm -hmm. had, a, like you said, on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Well, everything that I looked at had purpose. 
from that moment, I never knew what evangelism was. All I knew is you people could not take me anywhere. You couldn't take me shopping with you to H-E-B. In Fort Worth, there was second safe because I would start at aisle one and I'd have these flyers. And from aisle one all the way to aisle 34 or whatever, nobody in that grocery store would leave without a God bless you and Jesus loves you. It wouldn't happen. I mean, you, we go to the store, you go do the sh whatever you got to buy, the shopping or whatever. I'm going to go reach people for Jesus. So I never knew what that was. I never knew what they called it. Mm. I just knew that the minute that Jesus came in, I remember where it all started, though, with a man who found me in the streets. So wow. I believe being found in the streets yeah. was sort of a foundation for what God would do in my ministry years later, where you would be not only just preaching within the walls, but literally taking the pulpit that's in the church and having that same kind of church in the streets, reaching people in the streets. Mm -hmm. So that's why the evangelism in my heart, um, having a passion for that, that's where it started. Mm -hmm. Wow. And for you guys that don't know, <clears throat> Pastor Brian, you'll see him preaching on Sundays from the pulpit. You'll see him throughout the week with a bullhorn uh, yeah. on the, the, my, the grannies used to say highways and, and byways. byways. Literally. Literally, literally preaching the word. And that's yeah. what that's so when I say that he is who he is through and through and through and through and through. And that's what makes me fall in love with him. Any yeah. bad experience you've ever had, I believe once you meet Pastor Brian, he just makes up <laughs> for it because he's really Amen. what praise God. I believe me personally, and you can watch all of the, the word today, all of our word today, words from our leaders, and, I, and you'll probably never hear me say this, at least up until this point. But he's literally what a pastor, I believe, a pastor should be. He's not too Thank good you, for sir. anybody. You can go up to him and shake his hand, talk with him, eat with him. He's not on a high horse. He literally is just who he is. Amen. And that's why I fell in love with him. That's why I've been his friend for, I don't know how many years. Many years. Many, many, many years. years. And that's why he's sitting here with us now. You ready for some questions? I'm ready. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. So in my office today, uh, I'm not going to name the preacher uh, because I can tell you, you know him. We had a, I won't say a heated debate. We had a exciting conversation okay <laughs> is how i'll put it and it was because the video came out with a prominent preacher mm -hmm. and they asked him a question about homosexuality and he didn't uh denounce homosexuality as a sin mm -hmm. he didn't take a stance on it he his exact words was my position is evolving mm. um where do you start with that so before I even just dive in with those questions, let me just ask you what the guy asked. I'll kind of paraphrase. What is your stance mm -hmm. on homosexuality and homosexuality in the church as far as um, open homosexuals doing ministry in the church? Hmm. So you're asking me that I'm asking question. You. Well, or what um, is what is the Lord's stance? Well, that's 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 what I was going to say. It's mm -hmm. it's biblical. Mm -hmm. it's there so it's not about what I think or what I say I agree with what God agrees with yeah and if it's in the word then it's in the word if it's condemned within scripture then the act should be condemned any sin period it, it brings condemnation regardless but 
there's definitely um, no justification. You can't find it in the Bible. You, you'll find love and you'll find grace, but nowhere do you find that as a reason to continue in the sin and to continue to live in that lifestyle. You know, so um, I, I don't believe that it's justifiable to have anybody that is living in that type of lifestyle, any type of ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's not, um, that's not a biblical um, example of what serving God is about, you mm -hmm. know. And, and before, and, and thank you, Pastor Brian, and before we get 50 comments below, mm -hmm. we're not gay bashing, we're no. sin bashing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and, and I've, and I've said in, 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 any video that I've talked about with homosexuality, but if this is your first video, let mm -hmm. me tell you this. I had a homosexual cousin. I had, have friends who are homosexual. Mm -hmm. I also have friends who, who, who've lied. I have friends who have committed adultery, mm -hmm. right? And with all of those, I love them, but we do have that conversation with, Hey man, this is sin and God has called you. God loves you. He has forgiven you and he has called you into better. So just know that word today, yeah. my stance, our stance is not that um, homosexuality is some magical sin or some big sin. It is a sin just like the guy who is an alcoholic, mm -hmm. just like the drug addict, just like everything else. Um, but it is a sin and God has so much more for you. Amen. So that's ours. That's word today stance. So, Amen. so that's obviously clear well I, I was gonna i wanted to add that when you look at the sin of homosexuality you know many people say why do people target it so much mm -hmm. because it's it's the opposite of creation it's it's you, you know when you look at life hus husband and wife a man and a woman god brought mm -hmm. them together god is a god of life yeah. anything that stops it anything that comes against it so how can we see the next generals and the next prophets and apostles the next people that are coming into the world mm -hmm. for the mission and the purpose of God when you've now stopped the ability to give birth. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the other things about it too. But people always say, well, you know, Pastor, you, you preach a lot, you know, and you have a very strong stance against it. And, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. If you want to come to Extreme Harvest Church, okay, my son-in-law is the next transgender. I'm talking about full-blown, look like a woman, he used to walk the walk, and he swayed those hips, okay? He's now married to my daughter, and they are the youth pastors now at my church. And this is the thing, and um, if, I, if I may, he's got a book coming out pretty yeah, soon yeah. called From Mascara to Manhood, and it is oh, a wow. book that will rock wow. your world. You want to see the inside of what really goes on. You're talking about a transgender drag, drag queen. He, he did it all for years, until he found Jesus at a place called the Ramp in Hamilton, Alabama. Now that he, you know, when he talked about getting my with, with my daughter, I was like, "Hold on, what's going? <laughs> what's up here? I want to meet him. I don't want to meet no her. There better not be no residue of her. You, you know, of course, we know there's no such thing. If you're if you're born a man, you're always going to be a man. It don't matter how you try to cut that pie or how you try to tighten it up, tuck it up, hide it, whatever." If you got it down there, you a man. If you ain't got it, you're a woman. It's just the way it is. It's in your DNA. You cannot change that. So he's now, I mean, people, we've had lesbians in our church 11 years, been together 11 years, where the kids call them mom and dad, okay, at Extreme Harvest Church, give their life to Jesus. One got married a year later to a man who she's now happily married to in Austin, Texas. And this is the thing, guys. 
if you preach against the person, you missed it already. Yeah. Okay, you already missed yeah, the purpose of God. Good. There's no God in that. Yeah. If you are, are bashing and you... Now, if you preach against the sin, there's a lot of preachers that don't want to preach against sin because, well, everybody's accepting it. Well, no, not everybody's. He ain't accepted it. I ain't accepted it. Mm. There are still some believers that believe right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with saying, look, I love you. I mean, hey, you're choosing that lifestyle, but let me tell you, because your blood will not be on my hands. The lifestyle you're choosing is anti-God. It is not in line with Scripture, and there will never be. Don't believe the preacher down the road who told you you're okay, because he's not okay by telling you you're okay. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, Pat. I just wanted to add that in there, because no, my son-in-law, he, he shares his testimony with so many people. And they're like, how did you do it, man? He goes, it was Jesus. I had to find out who I was in Christ, not what people labeled to be, not the abuse I went through when I was seven. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, somebody's, he said pretty much, I, I'm who God called me to be. Yeah. And who I was trying to be was totally different from the identity God had given me. Amen. So. And so, man, this is, this, is, this is so good right now. Hopefully you guys are sucking this up. This Amen. is great. So... A genuine relationship with Jesus Christ delivered you from drugs, selling drugs, doing drugs, um, you know, robbing, stealing, yeah. what have you. A genuine encounter with Jesus yes, Christ sir. delivered your son-in-law from transgender lifestyle. Yeah. So, and we'll transition to homosexual churches. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can be a homosexual or in any sin? Mm -hmm. uh, but we're talking about homosexuality and still have a genuine encounter and experience with God and not be convicted. No. Here's the thing. When Jesus shows up, he died for sin, period. Yeah. So you, it's not a, well, Jesus delivered me from this, but I still want this. No, if you have a true encounter with the real Jesus, because yeah. there's a lot of people preaching about a Jesus that does not even exist. Yeah. Okay. The real Jesus, according to Scripture, can't even stand in your presence without you talking about, I repent, I, I give it all up. I'm... Let's look at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was in a tree, mm -hmm. and the Bible says Jesus was coming along, and, and he went up, short guy, kind of like me, I guess, you know, just short. Stand around y'all too, man. I feel, feel protected. Come She's on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And... Um, he went into his house. He says, today I'm going to have dinner in your house. I'm coming mm -hmm. over to your house, Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. Everybody else said, man, he, if he knew who this guy was. See, Jesus wasn't worried about all that. The minute he stepped in, Zacchaeus immediately started mm -hmm. confessing his sins. Yeah. Immediately, I'm going to give all the money I stole back. Matter of fact, I'm going to give them even more. If yeah. I've wronged anybody, look, I'm, I'm fixing it. And Jesus didn't say nothing. He just stepped in. Right. Yeah. That's the real Jesus. Come on, man. When Jesus steps in, mm -hmm. sin got to get out. Mm -hmm. That's just it. So to say that, you know, a person can be a homosexual and still have Jesus and have an encounter with Jesus and hold on to that. No, it's impossible. God don't share your heart with anybody. Mm -hmm. He don't share your heart with your sins. If, if you're fornicating, you're going to get convicted. If you're still in your lying, you, you can't say you got Jesus, but you run into these things. Yeah. Jesus delivers you and he sets you free so to say that you can hold on to that or to say there's somebody say well there's a homosexual christian there's homosexual churches no there's not 
According to scripture, it ain't possible. Mm. Oh, now you can do whatever you want to out here. It's fine. Put a label on it, put a church on it. But is it the church according to scripture? Mm. I believe that's where we're going, right? That's, that's it. I mean, is it is it church according to the biblical pattern that Jesus set? Mm. Does it line up? And if it don't line up, then guess what? God don't have nothing to do with it. And I know that may sound harsh to some people. And how can you say God don't have no? Listen, God ain't in every church. Mm. Okay. Where there is transformation, where there is an encounter when people are running after God and you see somebody's life used to be this, but it's not that no more. You rest assured they've had an encounter with Jesus. And, and I believe in today's day and age, we have so many confessions, but no conversions, no transformations. Wow. You can pack an altar with 100 people. But if you put a camera on the hundred people, not that we're looking to judge people, we got to look at the fruit. If those people leave and they nothing in their character change, ain't nothing in their life change, then all they did was go and confess. You do that to a priest if you want. That's why well, I better stop. Let me behave, man. Because, but that's what it's about, guys. We have to to stand on biblical truth. And right now we are so swayed because of the pressure of the world is now invading the church. In other words, they're saying you're gonna do this. Yeah, you know, because this is what we want. So, people who have not had—if you ain't got a genuine relationship in New York, they tell them the pastors to submit their sermons before they. Commit. Yeah, I mean, come on, you out of your mind? I ain't submitting nothing. <laughs> Don't come Texas with that stuff. Texas is still the Bible Belt. You know what I'm saying? You come on, you gonna be like, I'll, I'll submit a sermon. I'll submit the sermon, and you're telling me not to submit. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and that's. But this is the thing: it's people have have watered down their faith. Yeah. They don't want conflict. I don't want to seem like a hater because my brother's gay. I don't want I don't want to seem like because this listen, man, the truth is biblical is truth. When man gets in the way of God's truth, man then causes problems and they get in the way of God reaching people because the ones that are supposed to reach the people are the ones that are telling people this is OK. God's OK with you. So if the Christians don't stand together on biblical truth, then the world can infiltrate the church. They can come in and cause division because we no longer stand for what the Bible says, mm -hmm. you know. Good, good. Well, more when we come back, we're going to be talking about is the homosexual church a real church? We're going to be talking about offense. And we're going to get Pastor to give us a few words for those that may be feeling convicted, but in that type of lifestyle when we come back. Yeah. Hey, I am Johnny Griffin, Levi Johnny Griffin, and this is Mrs. Porsche Griffin, I got you. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we're here with Pastor Brian. We were, we were just really, really. I mean, I don't know even where to to, to pick back up. So we're we're going to talk about the homosexual church and offense. So you mentioned you you said something very dynamic, very powerful, and what some may even say is offensive. Mm -hmm. um, you said that there's no such thing as a homosexual church. Now there is ordained homosexual pastors that are married, women to women, men to men. I actually got an invite a couple of years ago to some service they were having. Um, I wasn't able to attend. Uh, not sure I would have, uh, <laughs> but I wasn't able to, so it wasn't even a thought to, to but, um, but not to be disrespectful or funny, but to those churches, mm -hmm. you're saying that those churches that are led by homosexual, openly homosexual ministers, um, and, and not to say if you're struggling with homosexuality, there's people that struggle with sin. We're yeah. specifically talking about people that are, they're not struggling with homosexuality. This is, this is my lifestyle. I'm pride, gay pride. Yeah. I have no 
intention on ever turning back without some type of major intervention to the homosexual churches what would you say to those senior pastors that run homosexual churches well here's the thing it has to do with the power of god where the power of god is present mm -hmm. change is also present yeah and there is what they call the bible said in the last days that there many would have a form of godliness wow but deny wow. the power thereof yes so the power comes from god yeah. the power to do what to do what you cannot do to do what i cannot do to do what dr phil cannot do and to do what other people that may have these degrees in psychology and and all these areas to help people mm -hmm. you can help a person but you cannot change the person the power of god is what goes in breaks the strongholds removes the sin i mean sets them free and and the change is seen in the life that they live after their encounter with jesus so then to understand that if you are a homosexual pastor and you're leading a church first let me tell you you're not a biblical pastor you may have got online and did a degree or done some classes and got ordained and i'm not saying this to hurt you I'm telling you what the Bible says, and I know that you know that I know that you know God knows. In your heart, there is no such thing. Somewhere, that's why they call it gay pride, because I'm going to do it because I want to, just to prove to people that I can. And this is the thing. If the power of God is not present to change your life, what makes you think it's going to change people in your church? So what we do is we garner crowds that come together because we agree that this is our conviction. No, you have to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I heard this the other day. You got to find you a church that has your values and your views. Wait a minute. Since when do we get to make up the what, values and views of God? <laughs> I mean, that's scary. Like that now scary. you're in Very a place scary. where in other words, the heck with you, God. Listen, this is my values and views of what the church should be. You know, you you can come in every now and then, but don't try to mess my stuff up here because I got a big crowd and I don't really need your cloud. So this is what's happening. And, and the bottom line is just there, there is bi biblical Christianity is there. You know what's wrong. You know what's been wrong. That's why it's always been a fight. And listen, if you're struggling with homosexuality, you can be delivered. If you're struggling with any type of sin, you can be delivered. But the person who has hardened their heart against God to say, I'm going to live this way regardless of what God has said, my friend, I'm praying for you because, man, you are doing this to God. Shaking your fist in the face of God saying, I don't need him. When in reality, you and I both know, we all know, everybody needs God. Everybody. And the, the danger, and I just want to expound on that. I think I can, I've known you well enough, so I can take a little bit of liberty. When when Pastor Brian is talking about the danger of choosing churches, and I think we'd agree on that. I think we'd all agree on that. Uh, you can do that in politics um, because there's subjective and there's objective. Yeah. Politics is often subjective, which means it's subject to my own interpretation. I might think the best way to help with immigration policy mm -hmm. is to build a wall, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause I think it'll benefit this set of people. Mm -hmm. And there may be another set of people that says, no, um, the best way to do it is to feed and help build an infrastructure in that country so that they don't have to flee for their lives. And, and yeah. you know, but this is subject to what we think is right. 
And, and often it's a gray area somewhere in the middle between my extreme and your extreme. But then there's, there's objective, which is not subject to my opinion. It is, it is the object truth. Um, and when it comes to God, there's an object truth, which yes. means this is definitive. There is no gray area. This is what it is. Amen. And when God says, Hey, I want you to only sleep with your wife. I want you to marry someone of the yeah. opposite sex. I don't want you to lie. I don't want you to covet your neighbor's wife. I don't want you to steal or, or rob. These are object truths. Yep. They're not subject to my opinion. <laughs> so the danger of finding a church that shares my viewpoint, mm. maybe if my subject viewpoint is against God's object truth, then all I'm doing is going somewhere that is patting on me, patting me on the back and pushing me further away from God because they're mm. padding my view to I believe that it's yeah. true. I want someone to confirm me and not someone to correct me. Come on, and when we see God, we wow. never want so confirmation. Good. We always want correction. Man. Uh, let's talk about offense. Okay. So one reason on word today, we'd like to talk about this stuff is because so many other people won't. Mm -hmm. um, and people need to know, thus saith the Lord. Well, I think we're in a generation where the Bible talks about itching ears. They yeah. have itching ears because they want to go somewhere that gives them a subjective truth mm -hmm. and not the object truth. And there's a massive difference. Yeah. You know, I won't go to a church that's going to tell me every five steps mm -hmm. I'm going to get blessed if that is not what God has told them to tell me. Yes, sir. Right. So we always want the object truth and not the subjective mm -hmm. view of things. Right. We don't want secular humanism. We want God's anointing. Yeah. Give me the truth. Give me the truth, whatever that is. If I'm going to be blessed, tell me I'm going to be blessed. But if I need to be corrected and like, hey, Johnny, this ain't. Amen. Yeah. So in the process, and this is why a lot of people don't want the truth because it is offensive. So how do we, in such a politically correct, oversensitive, I'm going to say it, oversensitive world where everyone's butthurt mm -hmm. about everything, um, and yes, I said butthurt. You're probably butthurt about me saying butthurt. But <laughs> everyone's butthurt about everything. Oh, yeah. Our world is so sensitive. Everybody's getting offended. On everyone's this, yeah. offended over everything. So what you find is you don't get strong men and strong women anymore. You know, you know, and, and not. And I don't want this take. Please don't take this out of out of context. When I was little, if I came home and said, "Dad, this guy was bullying me," mm -hmm. he would say, "You know, basically, did you win the fight?" Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's you know there wasn't you know let's go tell your teacher he's like if he hits you you hit him back that's what you hit him yeah. back and and I know that maybe that's not necessarily good English but I think that was good teaching man I tell you um, what if I ever let somebody hit me in school <laughs> I was gonna get it from that right. like oh yeah. they beat you up okay yeah. beat you for letting them beat you and then I'm gonna get that yeah and that's how I was and I think and I think it is you. It's falling off the training wheels, right? Mm -hmm. We can't, you know, it would be odd if we saw someone who was 28 years old riding their bicycle with training wheels. Yeah. But to remove the training wheels means they're going to what? Fall, get scraped up, mm -hmm. bruised, but they're going to learn and get stronger. If we don't take the training Come wheels on. off of this generation Come and allow on. them to fall and scrape mm. and get it wrong and get it right, yeah. they won't be stronger. Yeah. If we're so sensitive about everything, mm -hmm. it's okay little Jimmy got beat up. Two more whippings, he'll learn how to fight. You know, come on. Like, you know like, come on. So, and he's going to need because when he gets 20 and 30 and he's bullied, bullied in mm -hmm. 
a, a, a corporate setting, no one's going to have pity on him. They're just going to think he's weak. Yeah. So he needs to learn how to. I have a voice. I can stand. Amen. So in a in a that's world, the key right there. In a world that is so sensitive, what would you tell people when it comes to being corrected? Because as a pastor, you have to walk that razor's edge all the yes. time. I'm sure, as all pastors do. How do we correct in love without offending? Well, the the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I, that I found that is um, always helpful, like, and I believe it's essential. It's you have to stick to the word. If you can stick to the word of God, the argument that people have is not with the pastor, mm -hmm. even though they're going to get mad at the messenger. I mean, they mm -hmm. killed the prophets in the Old Testament yeah. because they brought God's message. Mm -hmm. So today there's a lot of people that they'll tailor make the message or they'll they don't want to speak the truth. But the bottom line is, if you really want to grow in God, you need to understand that the truth comes from the word of God. If it's in the word of God and you explain it to somebody yeah, and they don't receive good. it, then you're not rejecting me. You're rejecting God, the, the, the word of God. That's yeah. what it is. So we no longer have anything to talk about if you don't want to even start in the word. Yeah. You know, this is where it's at, because my opinion is irrelevant. Yeah. OK, scripture is essential. You know, so a lot of people get offended, you know, for, I mean, well, I don't know why I can't go out and party. I don't know why I can't drop it like it's hot. I don't know why mm -hmm. I can't have worldly friends because God said, come out from amongst them. Be ye separate. How are you going to win somebody if you're living just like them? Yeah. How you, you know, yeah, yeah you're going to get come mad, on. but guess what? Hell, I had somebody tell me the other day, they, they um, and, and I'm going to share this. They may watch this. I'm not sure, but they put something on Facebook. They were at a um, bar or something. And uh, they're in the church. Mm -hmm. It's a location. And I, I messaged them. I said, what are you doing? There's nothing. What, what do you mean? What are you doing? <laughs> you, 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 you know, you're leading in this area, but you got, you're out here. No, you ain't supposed to. What's wrong with you? Oh, well, I'm with my family and it's all good. No, who told you it's all good? <laughs> well, I, I'm not drinking. Okay. I said, let me tell you something. You lead people, right? You tell people not to do what you're doing. So why are you doing what you're telling people not to be doing? Mm. Okay, I, I started there, and then it went, we got into the Bible. And I showed them, God told me, stop telling them what you, mm -hmm. you yeah. show them in the Word. I showed them in the Word, we talked about it. Next message, you know what? Thank you, Pastor. I stand corrected. I'm on my way home. And um, if you don't mind, can we just keep this? I said, well, yeah, and everybody else that already seen you, you know what I mean? But that's a person who wants to grow. Yeah. That's a person who understands, look, nobody else got the guts to call me out because they really don't care about me, yeah. you know, because half of them are doing what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. So, but my pastor personally reached out to me and that's what I do. And they receive it. They receive it. They don't. Okay. Well, when the storm hits and hell hits, you'll be at the altar pretty soon. But let's pray you get there sooner than later. Yeah. So it's the thing is the word of God. Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended mm -hmm. because of me. Yeah. That's what Christians is. Christ Christians are. We are Christ-like. What is it to be a Christian? To be Christ-like. We're a follower of Jesus. We imitate Jesus. Do we always get it right? No. Mm -hmm. There are times we get it far left. I have to be on our face repenting and crying and saying, God, help me get stronger. It's the people who don't care about getting stronger. They want to live and they want to be like Hannah Montana. I want the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. 
You see what happened to Hannah Montana. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we need to give people the truth, even if it offends, even if they leave your church. I don't care if they give you $1,000 a week. If you are compromised and their blood is on your hands. That, that reminds me. So, oh, that's, that is so rich. That is so rich. Mm-hmm. There's, and, and that doesn't need any uh, additional expounding, but there's a, there's a title and there's a ticket. And I'll just say this, um, and then we'll go to another commercial break. But there's a title and there's a ticket. In the Bible, they said there's going to be people, women mm-hmm. that say, hey, marry me just so I can take on your name to remove the shame of the things that we've done. Mm-hmm. So they want the title they don't want to be called by whatever they've been called by before they say hey just marry us you don't have to give us clothing you don't have to provide money for us we just want the title what does the title do the title puts you in a class of other people with that title and removes the level of shame Mm. okay but there is the ticket which gives you access what am i saying the title of christianity puts you in a class come on of people that say we believe in jesus but it's the ticket mm-hmm. that gets you into heaven. Good God Almighty. Why doesn't the title get uh. you into heaven? Because the, the Lord says there's going to be many on that day that cry out, hey, we know mm-hmm. you, Jesus. You know, we, we cast out demons in your name. Mm-hmm. We prophesied in your name. And I think about some of these churches that aren't aligned with the word. Like we, we've cast out things. We've done these things. We've bared the title. But they wow. didn't find themselves so in the good. object truth, so they never got the ticket so good the lord says that there's narrow the entrance mm-hmm. that leads to heaven and he's telling this to christians so he says all of y'all are christians mm-hmm. but only my, these my, many my, are my, getting my. in all of these have the title Ooh. but not all of them have the ticket <laughs> mm. okay? Lord jesus so you don't want to just bury the title come on people don't even want to be christian because they see other people that have the title mm-hmm. But you need to follow the narrow that uh, have the ticket. And those with the ticket are going to correct you. Mm-hmm. Because the only way you can keep your ticket Good God is if someone's willing to correct you and say, hey, hey, you got the title and you got the ticket. Let me keep, let me Come tell on. you how not to lose your ticket. Come on. Don't don't lose your crown. Don't lose your ticket. Come Get on. out of where you're at. Get out the club. Come on. Because <laughs> you don't want to lose your ticket don't, amen. to heaven because you wouldn't put down the cone. Oh, Jesus. You Come know? on. So it's great to have the title. See, you believers. just offended somebody right now. <laughs> somebody just got offended. But I guarantee you, if you will take that. And give it to God, you'll get delivered from that mess in Jesus' name. Amen. I just felt it right now. Amen. It's just when you said that, praise God. Amen. So the good ticket. to have the title, but you better to have the title and the <laughs> ticket. Ooh. Okay. So we're going to go to this commercial break and we're going to come back. We're going to ask Pastor Brian to tell us a little bit more about Extreme Harvest Church and how you can get connected. Amen. All right. <laughs> we're back with pastor brian ayala and this has been phenomenal it's sir been thank awesome. you so much for coming Amen. please tell everyone how if they love with hopefully they love what they've been hearing they can Amen. see your fire and can see the depth of your wisdom this is and i was telling Praise people God. before we started shooting you're going to want to watch this one this is going to be, yeah. be great and it has been Tell people how they can connect with you in Extreme Harvest and what, what you guys have going on. Well, um, you can find us, um, number one, on Facebook. I mean, we're there at Extreme. Uh, many people put EX. It's X-T-R-E-M-E, Extreme Harvest Church. Go to the Facebook page there. Our sermons are uploaded. And 
And let me go ahead and say this, guys. I know some of you say, man, you know, this guy, man, he rough or he just seemed. Listen, we believe in the love of Jesus. Let me tell you right now. I don't care how you come to Extreme Harvest Church. You can come in messed up and tore up from the floor up. Nobody's going to judge you. Ain't nobody going to beat you down with the Bible. Our job is to bring you to Jesus. I can't change you. Okay. I can preach with fire and I shall tell you what I love preaching. I love teaching. I love God. I love people. And that's why we preach the truth at Extreme Harvest Church. I will never, ever be for sale. I tell people I am not for sale. You can't give me enough money to make me to change God's message because it's not my message to change. It's his message. I'm just a messenger. So at Extreme Harvest Church, you'll find people from all walks of life. We got people that I call people that come from Stone Oak and you got people from come from Ghetto Oak here in San Antonio. East side, west side, the north side, the south side. One thing at Extreme Harvest Church, if you're looking for a church that is going to cater to your sin or or is going to leave you, if you're not going to walk in here if you're living bad, if you know you got to get right, come into Extreme Harvest Church, you will be convicted. And my prayer is that you'll be on fire for God by the time you leave, acknowledging that, man, I need Jesus. And that's what it's all about, guys. Um, we have services on Sundays at 1.30. We have Tuesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. We have Wednesday night services at 7.30 p.m. We have outreach every Thursday. We're in the streets, sometimes Bandera and 410, Warsbach and 410, big old speakers out there, and we're preaching the gospel. And there's just a lot going on here at Extreme Harvest Church, and it would be a blessing and an honor to have you. I mean, we would count it an honor to have you come and just say, hey, you know what, we've seen this segment, and we just wanted to come visit the church. And listen, it don't matter where your life is right now. Okay, you got to start somewhere. Why not start at Extreme Harvest Church? There's a lot of great churches in the city of San Antonio, in Texas, and around the United States. Find you a Bible-believing church, a Bible-teaching church, not a picking and choosing what we're going to Find you a solid church where you can get planted and you can grow and you can glow for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again. I appreciate you, my dear Love you, sir. I'm glad that I'm to be out. here and... To meet the beautiful wife, hey man, she makes you look good. Come on, she, somebody. She does, she does. Uh, I'm gonna have to start putting on makeup or something to try to. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> hey, did, didn't we cover that a while? Mascara too. Come on, so somebody. Man, hey, man. Oh, go grab that book. When is that book yeah, coming out? It should be ready toward the end of the year. Um, we don't have the exact date yet, but he's working on it. It's on. It's in its final stages, but it's called from mascara to manhood. We believe it's going to just be such a blessing to people. It's it's definitely not the book that people are thinking it's going to be. I'm telling you. It, it's I'm excited about it. I get to write the forward on it, too. There we go. Amen. I'm excited. All right, guys. Okay. So please share, like, love, comment. We love your comments and questions. Amen. And continue to watch. We have more awesome pastors to come. This is yeah. exciting. Thank you. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace. Love you. Okay, that's good. As long as the main camera's going. No, it's probably full. No, that's good. We're just doing closing remarks, so. No, that's perfect. Praise God, man. Man, you don't give me jumping up here. <laughs> man, bro. You were talking about the ticket, and and a guy in the other day wrote real quick. He said that he had a vision. We had a big old like six hundred people that day. We had the big event at the church, mm -hmm. and we were all inside, and 
We broke fire code, everything. Everybody went in. <laughs> he said he had a vision of people in white and everybody had a ticket. They were all holding tickets. Come on. He told me this two days ago, man. They were all holding tickets. He goes, Pastor, I freaked out. He goes, I don't know if you looked at my face because I looked a little bit like it was, he was mm. seeing this. And he said, another brother seen the same thing, man. Mm. Two of them. He said, every word be established by the mouth two or more witnesses. You know, he's telling me, okay, I just had this vision. I'm thinking, first I was like, hmm, okay. White robes holding tickets. Another brother said, man, I seen that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you sitting here talking about tickets. The God <laughs> said, don't you ever doubt when I'm doing something, I'm going <laughs> to confirm it. So there was tickets. And um, I know God's taking that somewhere where we're about to go, man, I'm telling you. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's good because it's, you know, people always say, well, y'all Christians do this, do Christians do that. And I was like, you can, the minute you believe, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for yeah. me. You have, you become part of the conglomerate, the mm. large body that have the title. Yeah. But just because you have the title doesn't mean you have the ticket into heaven. Man, man, man. The Lord tells us there's going to be a lot of with the title. That's the wide road. But there's going to be a few with the ticket. And and people people mistakenly Jesus. think that that is Christians and non-Christians. He's talking to all Christians. Yeah. He's talking to Christians. So it, these are Christians on the wide road. And he says, don't be one on the wide road. Be on the narrow road. That's Don't just have said. the title. Oh, I'm a follower. Everybody can have a title. Yeah, have a ticket. Ticket, man. You ain't got the ticket. Man. You you in trouble, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you out of there. Amen. All right. You ready, baby? Hmm. Yes. Can you see? <laughs> My cheeks they up there. <laughs> she said when she smiles so big, her cheeks are so big she can't see. No, <laughs> <laughs> close my eyes because I get high.